0: How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. A token of appreciation if you could like and subscribe to the video if you enjoy it. Always appreciate that very, very much. If you're listening on the podcast, a five-star review if you enjoy the episode would also be very much appreciated. We love and respect you guys and really excited for this upcoming season. So much great content to come. And guys, ultimately, we have one really solid young prospect to general manager Brian Cashman is refusing at all stops to trade Spencer Jones you know, even when it comes to Corbin Burns, one of the best pitchers in baseball, even just for a season, the Yankees said, no way, Jose, we're keeping this man, Spencer Jones, and why, we're going to break it down for you, what his upside really is, what he can do, when he's going to play, where he's going to play, and keep in mind, this is a six-foot-seven monster, he's like a lefty Aaron Judge, in terms of frame and stature, of course, a long way to go before he can replicate numbers like judges, if he ever can, which is very unlikely, but The future holds potentially a starting job at center field for him offensively, If he hits more home runs, he could be a really solid player. Um, You know, maybe you could say a better Joey Gallo, some would say. Like, you know, maybe uh, some may say that. I don't want to say that. Um, He's a little bit more of a better athlete. You know, stole, what, 43 bags this past season in the minor league system. Of course, you know, stealing bags a little bit easier there. But showcases his athletic profile. He's very, very fast. We're going to talk about him, you know, where we see his role developing in the near future here. But, Ryan, before we dive into it, how you do today, my friend?
1: I'm doing great. And as you mentioned, you know, Spencer Jones is a very weird prospect in the sense that, you know, a lot of his prospect stock comes from the fact that this is a guy who, you know, just has every physical tool you would want in a baseball player. Ridiculously fast, despite the fact that he's 6'6", right? Like ridiculous power that comes with his size. Um, and, and it's almost like he's a player you created in the show. Like, he just created, you know, this tall, super fast Play center field too, like that's usually not where you put a guy at his height. Um, you know, we, I know that conversation happened with Aaron Judge as well, and they played him in center field. But, you know, when Joe, when Judge was put in center field full time, he was a little bit, you know, older, not as fast as he was when he first came up as a prospect. Jones has reached sprint speeds of 30 feet per second. He is, again, like built in a lab to be the kind of guy, you you know, you kind of gush over as a prospect. Um, and he does not have a lot of experience hitting, at, at, or at least compared to where most college players are at. He didn't get to play as much his early years in Vanderbilt as he was recovering from Tommy John surgery, the COVID pandemic, a lot of different variables in there. 2022 was really his first full year being a college hitter. This past year was his first full year being a professional hitter. That's not to say that Spencer Jones is go is or should be looked at the way again, you'd look at like a teenager, like a 19 year old, a 20 year old, um, uh, but more so that you should look at him as a guy who does not have a lot of professional experience or a lot of uh, experience swinging the baseball bat. And this is a very raw prospect. The Yankees are hoping they can get him to hit the ball in the air more, to get him to pull the ball more a little bit. I'm not even sure he has to pull the ball in the air more. Um, not saying he doesn't have to, like he doesn't, he shouldn't want to try to pull the ball in the air more. Um, I think that's a good approach to have to, to when you put the ball in the air, hit it to right field as a left-handed hitter. Um, but he's so powerful that he can get it out to dead center that he can shoot it out to the opposite field. Um, you know, I think of a hitter like, you know, you think of like John Coles, Satan. John Carlos Stanton does not need to pull the ball in the air to hit home runs. John Carlos Stanton just needs to put the ball in the air to hit home runs. The same is true for a guy like Aaron Judge. Now, at Yankee Stadium, you hope Spencer Jones hits the ball to right field. But again, like, he can just kind of hit it anywhere for a home run. Um, and I think the big thing here is I need him to be able to just, uh, you know, pull up the ball in the air more. Like, the swinging strike rates and the strikeout rates I can actually live with. I can live with, like, a 12 to 13% swinging strike rate. That's not horrible. Like, that's, like, well below a guy like Pereira it's not like we're talking his concerns when it comes to whiffs Um, but he's going to have to pull the ball in the air or hit the ball in the air more excuse me um, if he wants to have the game power translate because we know how hard he can hit the ball we know the power can be there it just wasn't there this past year he didn't generate enough power Um, and if he's able to do that if he's able to optimize his build optimize his frame uh, we might see a hitter who you know really does excel at the major league level the big thing for me is that the defense and the base running really help his profile a lot it makes him a lot of a high floor prospect and get people give him credit for he is very boomer bust. don't get me wrong there's a chance he's like a 50 wrc plus hitter who strikes out you know 35 percent of the time and cannot hit and is like at best a fourth outfielder maybe right like we're looking like a brett phillips kind of player um but The upside here is an MVP winner, right? The upside here is it does click for him. It does kind of all connect. He does put up those gaudy offensive numbers. He does figure out how to hit the ball in the air consistently. He does put up, you know, like a 150 WRC plus in a year and hits 35 to 40 home runs because the defense and base running will make him an MVP candidate at those numbers um, and maybe even win an MVP. And that's why the Yankees drafted him. The Yankees do not need to draft players to be, you know, average everyday regulars. They draft players because they need these guys to become strong stars. They can find everyday average regulars on the free agent market for relatively cheap prices. You can trade for Isaiah Kynefalefa. You can acquire a Trent Grisham. You can land in Alex Verdugo. The Yankees drafted Spencer Jones so that they could find the next Aaron Judge. Not so that they could find the next solid one to two war outfielder.
0: Yeah, I mean look right now the upside here for Spencer Jones, um, and we know he's been working and, and kind of studying the film of Kevin Kiermeyer, which in my opinion is awesome, right? Like, the goal for the Yankees is pretty obvious. I mean, they're kind of telling us what they're trying to do with him. They're preparing him to be the future center fielder for the Yankees, right? Next season, what happens with Dominguez? What happens with Judge? What happens with uh, Juan Soto? Verdugo's probably gone, if I had to guess. Um, Let's say you bring back Juan Soto. Jones takes over in center. Judge plays left field. Um, And then, of course, you have uh, Juan Soto playing right field. Then you have Stanton, who's kind of this, like, where do you put him type of situation... Maybe the Yankees have this rotation. The first depth piece is Dominguez or Jones, whoever wins that starting job. Um, For what it's worth, Judge could play center field next year, too. So, you know, they let Spencer Jones and Dominguez just battle it out for the starting job. And, you know, whatever one loses ends up being the first reserve. Or, you know, maybe they find ways to start them and they put Aaron Judge in the DH spot and maintain his, you know, health. Or they put Juan Stoto in DH because, you know, he's more of a defensive liability. Stanton gets kind of pushed to the curb in this situation. Um, Maybe they just let him go if he has another bad year. But, We'll see how that goes. I think that's a kind of a discussion for next year in terms of how they operate in that regard. But it seems to me they're preparing Jones to be the future center fielder here. You know, how do you see this unfolding in terms of the alignment in the outfield in the future? Let's assume they bring back Juan Soto. How do you get Jones and Jason Dominguez both involved here?
1: Yeah, so the big thing for me is that I think Spencer Jones is very clearly more capable of handling center field than Jason Dominguez, and it's not really close to me. Spencer Jones is a legitimately excellent defensive outfielder. Jason Dominguez is a question mark defensively. He has a good arm. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's referring to Dominguez. Uh, but the route running is not excellent, and I have a lot of concerns about that. Um, enough concern that I would not put him in center field, uh, and I don't know if he'll hold up there. Um, for Spencer Jones, obviously a concern because he's a taller guy. But the concerns are basically you're worried that he won't hold up there because of physical limitations, or or, or because there isn't a track record of guys his size hanging out, uh, holding up there. Um, it's not because of a lack of skill. It's not because he doesn't have a great arm he does it's not because he's not accurate he is it's not because he doesn't have great range he does it's not like it's not because he doesn't have great route running. Again, he does. He is a, a, a unbelievable defensive center fielder. This is a guy who could compete for a gold glove out there. I'm not saying he's Kevin Kiermaier defensively. I'm not saying he's even Trent Grisham defensively. I'm just saying I think this guy could be, you know, a five to six defensive run saved or out above average. Again, whichever defensive metric you prefer. But that kind of range of defender in center field is pretty damn good. Um, you know, that's a pretty good defensive center fielder. You add that with, again, you know, the ability to steal a lot of bases and provide some base running value. I imagine this is a guy who's going to be like a plus two to plus three on the base path in terms of run impact. Um, And then again, whatever you get from the bat, if you can just get above average production, that's a three to four war player, and a three to four war player is pretty damn good. Um, now I know that Jason Dominguez is the more exciting offensive prospect, and I would agree. I think Jason Dominguez is a lot more polished, has a lot more going for him in that regard. Like, I, I believe Jason Dominguez is the more likely of the two to go out and, and, you know, put up like a 150 WRC plus. But I also believe that Spencer Jones is as likely, uh, if not a, maybe a little bit more, depending on how you view um defensive value or how Jason Dominguez comes back from Tommy John surgery. Um, it might be a little more likely to, you know put up an eight or nine war season because of the defense, right? I know that, you know, you're looking at outcomes. You have to look at them, you know, in a spectrum, right? You know, there's your floor, your ceiling, your median outcome. You kind of look at everything between 60th, 70th, 80th, 90th percentile outcomes, you know, even 20th, like your 30th, 40th, 50th percentiles, you know, it, it kind of all... Boils into. This, I know it's this is all really mathy and whatever, but you know it, it boils down to what you end up falling on on that spectrum. Jones's spectrum is very wide. There is that outcome where he again nine war year, perennial MVP candidate, like Aaron Judge 2.0. And then there's like, you know, Franchi Cordero, right? Uh, In in terms of offensive output. But the defense does create a little bit of a better floor there because of the fact he's so good out there. He'll at least have some value to a major league team, right? The Yankees have rostered pretty bad hitters because they can play defense. Again, examples would be like Marwan Gonzalez or Tyler Wade. They can just play defense. So you keep them on your roster. Um, And and I think that that's going to keep Jones at the major league level, um, or at least going to give him looks at the major league level. Whereas Dominguez, a lot of it is the bat. It's really hard for me to imagine Jason Ming as not being a good hitter because he has so many physical tools and he will at least at least in my opinion hold his own in the outfield not great in center field but he'll be fine in the corner outfield spots these guys are two very different prospects and I think that people sometimes they look at Jones being over Dominguez or Dominguez being over Jones and think one or the other is outrageous and try to compare the two. They are extremely different. They're remarkably different. They have completely different flaws, completely different strengths, completely different builds. Like Jason Dominguez is this stocky 5'9", maybe 5'8", kind of like in that 5'8 to 5'10 range. Um, Freak of nature. You have no idea how he's so fast at that build. Jason Dominguez is this tall, lanky, or like this guy can hit the ball a million miles an hour. And I have no idea how he's six six it can move like that um you know these guys are very different and they're physical specimens and they're uh, anomalies in that regard you know if you look at load score spencer jones was in the top 0.82 percent that is not, you know, some uh, error here. He is within the top one percent of athletes in that metric. He is a physical anomaly. Like he is just somebody we have not seen before. We have some, he is somebody you will not, you will probably never see again. At least for the near in the near future, in terms of athleticism in the Yankee organization, this is you know I I know I said this earlier, and I'm gonna just hammer this point again. These are the t- the kinds of players the Yankees need to have in the organization, right? Physical anomalies where there is the outcome they become superstars because. Again, the Yankees can find league average, right? I mean, God forbid they don't have a center fielder because somebody gets hurt. You just throw Trent Grisham out there. God forbid, I mean, entering this year, they they lost Jason Dominguez um, because of Tommy John's surgery that likely pushed them to get a guy like Alex Verdugo a little bit more aggressively. Um, You could just find an Alex Verdugo. You can just trade for one. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're on trees, but they kind of do, right? I mean, you can kind of, league average players are everywhere, right? You can find these kinds of players. The Yankees don't need to waste, I'm not saying it's a waste of time to develop a league average player. But I'm not, like, I don't want the Yankees to use a first-round pick on this guy's a good hit tool, he has limited power, he has a limited ceiling, but he has a good chance of making the major leagues. That player isn't going to excite me. That player isn't going to move the needle for me. The Yankees might have five or six players in the organization who can do that for them, right? You draft a Chase Hampton because the fastball is really good and the upside's excellent. You draft a Will Warren because the stuff is top of the line and upper echelon. You don't care about the reliever risk and you don't care about the fact that they may not be able to be full-time starting pitchers and might end up in the bullpen because the up- upside is these guys compete for like top of the rotation spots you know what I'm saying so uh, you know in regards to Spencer Jones I don't want to sit here and place the expectation of an MVP winner of Aaron Judge of this or that or whatever it may be but I do want to point out you can say that we, have, we need to be realistic which we do need to be but the upside is unbelievable this guy might be one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball if he hits his ceiling and I, I need people to really grasp that fact
0: And I think that's the kind of narrative that the Yankees follow. They see a player that has that type of upside and they're willing to say to themselves, look, we know this guy's generational power, really good athletic profile could be a tremendous defensive asset. And they say to themselves, why do we want to trade that potential away? And you look at other players, right? Like guys we've traded in the past, um, you know, whether it be Drew Thrope or whatever, they have their weaknesses, you know, they they have that maybe they're not gonna be the best player, they don't have the potential to be one of the best players in baseball, maybe one of the best players on the Yankees, um, or even a mid rotation guy. But you know, Spencer Jones has the skill set, and the the aptitude to be one of those top 10 guys. And you don't trade that for one year of Corbin Burns. You know what I mean? You don't. You don't trade your future because the Yankees are following probably a similar path to how they operated with Judge and applying that to Spencer Jones. They're getting him incorporated. He's already with the top team right now. You know, in spring training, they're getting him acclimated, letting him see MLB pitching. They're doing everything to help him reach that level, tweaking his stuff. He has the work ethic. We've we've interviewed him. Great dude. Tons of potential. He knows it. Um, he's a confident guy. And look like. I feel as though they have two of those guys. You know, it's not just Spencer Jones. It's Jason Dominguez as well. He's 21 years old now. He's already hit a homer off of Justin freaking Verlander, guys. I mean, what more could you ask for? You have two players that have the capacity and the talent to be top 10 players in baseball. You know what I mean? They have the capacity to be elite-level quality players. You know, the probability of getting one of those guys is low. Now you have two of those guys. The probability increases of one of those guys panning out because you have two of them. So, Nothing is guaranteed. A lot of work still left to go to get those guys where we want them to be, but are we really going to stop at the one-yard line right before they get to the MLB, right before they have a chance to prove their worth? Are we going to not hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch? I'm kind of riding with that analogy lately. Are you gonna, Are you gonna you are going to throw it to freaking Malcolm Butler? No. You hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. You see what they have. You don't stop at the one-yard line and trade it for a one-year rental. It's ridiculous. I think a lot of people are in agreement with us on that case. Um, but, you know, it's evident. They don't want to trade these guys. They don't even care if it's Corbin Burns. They don't care if it's Juan Soto. They're not willing to trade these top prospects who have elite upside. Um, and I think that's the right move. Some might call us prospect huggers for that. I call this looking to the future. Our team is very good right now. Aaron Judge and Juan Soto and Garrett Cole will carry a team by themselves. You know, you don't need to leverage two elite level prospects who could be, and think about Think about Spencer Jones and Dominguez, how much money you save if those guys pan out. Think about where you can invest that additional money. If, if those guys are great MLB players, you're talking about six years of cost-controlled um, talent at the outfield at a very high productive rate. You can take that money and think about like 31 mil to Juan Soto right now and 8.2 to Alex Verdugo and what four, 35 mil to Aaron Judge per season you take our 40 mil whatever it is you take all that money and you say well now we have two guys making under a million per season you can take that and say okay we can afford to go get and pay Corbin Burns we can afford to go pay a superstar third baseman or a superstar second baseman or keep Glaber Torres your opportunities now expand significantly and it makes one it makes a Giancarlo Stanton's deal like think about this i would be willing to just trade a prospect to get rid of at least a portion of Stanton's contract you know maybe even a 10 million dollars per season send send him somewhere else someone pays him maybe you take on half his salary and he's still productive somewhere else as a DH and the Yankees now have 15, 20 million, or say 10, 15 million extra, and Spencer Jones or Jason Dominguez both are incorporated. I'm willing to sacrifice the money to get both those guys involved more frequently um, if it comes down to it. Because look, Stanton's regressing. We don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he bounces back and has a great year and we keep him, but this is a problem for next year at the moment. We have two young prospects who have a lead upside, and that is a very good problem to have to figure out where they should be playing. Uh, So guys, always happy to hear your thoughts below in the YouTube comment section. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.